And so after I pose, the crowd disperses, and then Chuck and this owner come over to me, and they go, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? He goes, what are you taking? Yeah. And I said, I'm taking like four Anavar a day. And they go, what? They go, no wonder you look like, you look like shit. <laughs> so Chuck goes, everybody's taking 20. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today, I'm hanging out with bodybuilding historian and Mr. Natural Olympia, John Hansen. We're going to talk all about old school bodybuilding and the old school bodybuilding cycles that the guys used to run. Spoiler alert, it turns out that they used to use a lot of the same stuff we use today. Uh, there are differences. They didn't have peptides. We don't come off anymore. And we're going to talk about that. But for the most part, guys, this is just going to be an entertaining conversation where we get to hear some cool stories about things that happened back in the day. Plus, I throw in pictures along the way of the guys we're talking about. Really, this is just for fun. If you guys are new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of entertainment like this show, plus education from IPB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. They're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love. Stay safe in the process. Plus, like get through your commute or your work day or whatever else you're doing while you're watching our stuff. Hope you guys are having a great start to your week. Drugs and stuff will be back soon with Dave's health and then travel. Now I'm going to the Olympia. Things are a little screwy, but I wanted to make sure we kept putting fun stuff out. So I hope you guys enjoy this program and we'll see you back here soon for a bunch more. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to Think Big Bodybuilding Media. I'm Scott McNally and today I, it is our pleasure here at the channel to be joined by Mr. Natural Olympia, John Hansen. What's up, brother? How you been? Scott, good to see you, man. It's been a while. I figured, you know what? We got a question the other day about uh, uh, the old school guys and like, okay. what they used for gear. And I thought to myself, well, who would be better to bring on Mr. Natural Olympia to talk about that? Now, the truth is, guys, <laughs> John Hansen is one of the best bodybuilding historians that I know, if not the best bodybuilding historian I know. You've got your podcast, Bodybuilding Legends. You've brought on so yeah. many great people over the years, like all the classics, all the old school guys. And yeah. I've listened to that show a lot. I've heard them talk about their cycles and about the different things they had done. It was a lot different yeah. back then than it is today. Yeah. So I, sure. I'm really excited today. We get to pick your brain about some of the stories you've heard. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, man, it's just, it's good to have you here, man. It's been a little while since we chatted. How's everything going? Everything's going great, Scott. I'm doing uh, online training now, so I'm staying busy with that and still got my uh, Bodybuilding Legends podcast going and I'm, yes. I'm doing that on YouTube as well. So good. Yeah. It's been five years. We just celebrated my fifth year anniversary doing that show. So man, time flies. Hey, I got to ask you. Uh, so I was doing like a little snooping. I wanted to ask you what, how, when was this picture? Because this is a badass shot of you. Thank you. Yeah, that was the uh, 92 Natural Universe. That was the first Natural Universe I won. That was in Venice High School. Venice <laughs> Beach High School, right, right outside of Venice Beach. No kidding, man. <laughs> yeah. what, what did you weigh at a show? Like, What did you weigh at this show? I was about 198. 198. Okay. Yeah. Nice, man. And that, what's cool to me is, so, uh, you know, being that you haven't built your physique on a lot of drugs and in the, I mean, you've yeah. mentioned before, like even in your book, I've got your book here, diary of a natural body. Oh, yeah. Is this still available yeah. to people by the way? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a website called uh, John Hanson fitness. So people can buy my books there and, uh, and they're on Amazon also. Cool. So See guys, them. I'm trying to plug John cause I love this guy. I <laughs> want him to do well. We're going to get to the topping in a second, but 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, being that you, you built your physique naturally, you've been able to maintain yeah. it for a long time and still do incredible stuff. Like this is a more recent shot of you. Yeah. You just got into really good shape. Uh, it was like a year or so ago now. Right. But this is, I mean, you're still holding a ton of muscle. How old are you now? Oh my God. I'm 59. Scott, I'll be the big <laughs> six. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, I I wanted to throw that out there, though, because there are a lot of guys that just want it really quick, you know, and and there are people that tune into our channel because they just want that information. They want to know, like, how do I run deep ball? How do I run DECA? And so they tune into our stuff, you know, and that's that's what Mm -hmm. they're looking for. But there's no replacement for hard work. So before we got into this conversation, man, I thought it was important that I did say that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, when I started reading the magazines, one of the first interviews I read from Arnold, it was an Arnold interview, I think it was in 1978. And I was just getting into bodybuilding. So I was just kind of starting to understand what steroids were because they were kind of mentioning in the magazines a little bit. And they asked Arnold if he took steroids for a contest. And he said he did. But he said right in that interview, he said that the drugs are temporary and they don't last. So if you want to build a good physique that's going to last, you've got to do it through training and nutrition. Hmm. And he was kind of speaking to the young guys out there, you know, like, don't use drugs because once you get off the drugs, it's going to go right back to where you were. Yeah. So that stuck with me. And I remember like building up my body until I was 230 pounds. So when I started, I was 135. So I gained 100 pounds of weight you know, before I even considered doing that. And then, you know, like I think I told you before, I did the MPC for a while when I was in my early 20s. And I was using steroids for like 12 weeks before a show. Yeah. But even then, I was off them all year. And I only used them for 12 weeks before the show. And I thought I could make it to the pros doing that. I found out I couldn't. (laughs) And that's when I, you know, decided to do the natural bodybuilding. But uh, yeah, I really believe that you have to build your physique just with training and nutrition. And it's a shame that so many of these younger guys feel that they got to get on the drugs right away, or if they want to do a show, they got to do the, you know, they got to do the drug a cycle right away before their first show. Yeah. I did 10 teenage shows between the ages of 16 and 19 without, you know, I was totally natural then too. And a lot of the teenagers I was competing with weren't natural. Hmm. So I had a, I had a chance to take them then because my training partner who I was working out with at the time was about, he was like in his mid twenties and he was taking drugs, just recreational. And he wanted to get me on a cycle. Cause he said, he goes, it's hard watching you compete against these guys. You're never going to beat them because you're natural. And I told him, I said, no, I got to do what Arnold said. And I got to build my body naturally. You know, I got to, I got to go for the long term, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what made you decide not, what made you decide to stop them? Because I'm sure that once you went on, like there is no denying it's another level <laughs> once you start oh, yeah. a cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, like I said, I thought I already had the size. I got to 230 and, you know, back then in 1984, that was pretty big. Yeah. I was 5'8", 230 and I was bulky. So, you know, before I ever did anything, I read some books about bodybuilding because we didn't have the internet back then. So you had to buy books to read about it. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I found out that, you know, there was like drugs that were uh, more for size and strength that were high androgenic, low, like anabolic androgenic drugs. And then the ones that were like safer were the ones that were high anabolic, low androgenic. 
So I figured, well, that's what I need. I only need to take those, get ready for the shows. I see. And so I was like naturally 230 off season bulked up. And then for the show, even using the drugs, I was 205. Okay. So I was like 25, 25 or 30 pounds lighter using the drugs. So all they basically did was kept my strength up and kept the size that I already had. But they didn't like get me bigger. Like I didn't, I didn't use them to, you know, go from 230 to 260 or something, you know. Okay. I was already 30, so I didn't need them to get big, in my opinion. And then, you know, when I got to the national level and I was competing at the junior nationals, it was just, I was a 205, five foot eight heavyweight going against these guys that were like 225, 230, and I just couldn't compete, you know. Yeah. So then it was either like step it up, do more, or get off. And I just got off totally. Okay. And you you know what? You live to fight another day. You're still looking awesome today. You know, you've yeah, got thank you. you've, you're you're everything I've known about you. Your entire life is surrounded by bodybuilding still and you get to keep it. And as I right. age, man, I see that that is such a gift to be able to keep it in your life and that's that's something I want yeah. to try to impart upon our listeners yeah. is, you know, how do we do this long term? But anyway, yeah. our topic at hand, man, um where do we go with this? Because I've heard all sorts of rumors. I've heard all sorts of stories and I've heard a lot of variation. I'm sure just like today, not everybody did the exact same thing back then, but what are some of the, what are some of the basics that you've heard about what the guys used to do? Like in the golden era, as far as steroids went? Well, you know, just like when I grew up and I was training at these hardcore gyms, obviously I was surrounded by guys, powerlifters and bodybuilders that were using. So I would talk to some of these guys or hear their conversations. And like I said, there was drugs for the off season and then drugs for pre-contest. And it seems like back then what was really basic was Dianabol. You know, that's what would Arnold would take. Decadroblin was a really popular oral or uh, injectable steroid. Uh, Primobolin Depot or Primobolin Acetate where it was a really popular steroid. And that was really good for holding on to your muscle while you're getting harder for the contest. Uh, surprisingly, not many bodybuilders were taking testosterone back hmm. then, where now it's like everybody takes testosterone. Yeah. Um, back from what I remember, it was like testosterone was definitely an off-season drug. And it was more used for like powerlifting, football players, or it may be bodybuilders in the off season, you know, because it was so androgenic. I think that a lot of bodybuilders would stay away from it and they would stay with more like high anabolic, low androgenic steroids, especially when they're getting ready to compete. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. Um, so have you heard any stories from any of the guys that you've interviewed about any of the specifics on, on like the great bodybuilders? Like I, cause I, for instance, I don't know if you've heard anything about Mike Menser, but every time he comes up and people start talking about gear, people just say, oh, it was so much DECA. He ran so much DECA. Yeah. And and I think yeah. that number has gotten probably inflated over the years from 500 yeah, sure. to 800 to two grams, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, like I, like I said, I think the big drugs were Dianabol, DECA, Anavar, Primabolin. Oh, yeah. Anavar was around back then, too. Yeah, Anavar. Now, back then, Anavar was just like a two and a half milligram tablet. It was really small. Yeah. So uh, it was actually funny, Scott. The first contest I ever did, I didn't know anything about steroids. And this was going to be the first show I ever did. This was yeah. after I got up to 230. And yeah. this was going to be my first MPC show. So back then, we used to have this mirror in the gym. And it, it was like it faced the um, – there was a plate glass mirror that was like by, by the sidewalk. 
So the light would come in and everybody would pose in front of that mirror. Yeah. Well, our gym was so hardcore that like if people, was, if someone was getting ready for a contest, so like a week or two out from the show, they would go in front of that mirror and they would pose. Yeah. And the gym would come over and watch. So you might get like 20 or 30 people just standing behind this guy watching him because he's getting ready for a contest, especially if it was a good bodybuilder, you know? Yeah. So I'm like a week out from my show or two weeks out from my show and uh, I'm dieting down. I think I started off at 230. So I was down to like 190. I'd lost like 40 pounds. And I remember I wasn't taking anything. I was like taking uh, four Anavar a day because okay. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and yeah. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was like, and I think I was taking half a CC a deck. <laughs> so it was like nothing. Okay. And I remember when I was dieting, I'm like, fuck, this is all these steroids do. They're not doing anything. I'm losing strength. I'm losing size. You know? So the uh, owner of the gym is standing there and this guy, Chuck, Chuck Sano, who was like probably the best bodybuilder in the state at the time. And uh, he was winning everything. So they're watching me. And so after I pose, the crowd disperses and then Chuck and this owner come over to me and they go, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? He goes, what are you taking? Yeah. And I said, I'm taking like four Anavar a day. And they go, what? They go, no wonder you look like, you look like shit. <laughs> so Chuck goes, everybody's taking 20. He okay. goes, go home and take 15 more. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, man. That's Chuck Santo yeah. from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Chuck was a real good national bodybuilder. He was always... He was in a light heavyweight class, and he was kind of tall, so he never got his pro card until he got into the Masters. Okay. Because it was tough for them, man. You had to win the overall in order to get your pro card, you know. So he got second to a lot of great bodybuilders over the years, but uh, he was a great bodybuilder himself. So what you're telling me, though, is guys back then, there's an example, 20 milligrams of Anavar a day. And is well, there 20 20 tablets. Oh, 20 tablets. So yeah. that's that's 20 times 2.5 is, is that – yeah. What is what does that come out to then? Let's see, two point five times twenty. Okay, so fifty milligrams. So they're still dosing it up yeah. pretty solid then, because that's still what yeah. a lot of guys are using today. But that that yeah. would be it. What did you think about the Deca that you were running? Was that okay in his mind? Well, I remember the Deca was a, a two hundred milligram bottle, yeah. and I would take half. I would take half the bottle, and they would always make fun of me, like, "What are you doing <laughs> taking half the bottle?" <laughs> but I think some guys were taking like. Uh, two or three bottles a week okay okay so yeah so i mean that's still that's not far off from what people are doing today then because i think like yeah. a real common cycle is you know around 500 test 400 deca something like that right. so i mean right. obviously they're right. not you're not talking about stacking the test with it in this particular scenario yeah, yeah. now what about what about trend now that's one that you know we we didn't hear much about and then who was it that that was rumored to have brought Trent over to the U.S.? There was one uh, bodybuilder, uh, Serge Nubre, wasn't it? The, Serge, yeah. Serge had the. I heard a story of him them talking about him bringing like a suitcase over of of yeah. the old Parabolin yeah. from France. So, right, right. So, in, in your experience, though, that wasn't something that was really around the gyms that much, huh? No. Mm -mm. Okay. No. In, Trent, I never heard. Uh, I heard a parable, but I never. I didn't really know anybody who really took that. I remember Equipoise was big back then. Okay, uh, that was like a whole steroid. 
So that was a veterinary steroid. So that was pretty powerful. I remember a lot of guys were taking that. Okay. Especially in the off season. So a lot of the same stuff then that we're doing today. I, I wonder where's the difference then? You know, was it was it in I, I mean, it sounds like one of the differences is that they weren't using a lot of testosterone with it. So there wasn't that happening. And then also, too, remember at the Olympia a couple of years ago, Ronnie was talking to uh, Arnold. And, and no, it might. Yeah. Was it? The, was it the Arnold? Was it the Olymp? No, it was the Arnold Classic, yeah. wasn't it? When they he gave him that. Lifetime. Yeah, yeah, he got his lifetime achievement award. He said that we have technology. Well, back in the day when Arnold did it, he didn't have the technology I had. He got all that mass and class and size with pure hard work, dedication, and faith. Me, I had a little. Uh, <laughs> I had a little technology behind me, technology behind me, technology behind me. You know, and he yeah. kind of smirked. But there is, man. There's a ton more technology. Like, bodybuilding is so yeah. different today than when you started, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the other big thing, Scott, was the, there was no growth. There was no mm. growth hormone. Um, there was no insulin. So there was just steroids, you know. And I think guys would cycle. I mean, I remember that's what I would see all the guys in my gym. Eight weeks on, eight weeks off, eight weeks on, eight weeks off, you know. Okay. And so they didn't really, I guess they didn't really blow up that much. Like There was no 300-pound bodybuilders, that's for sure. I mean, that was a joke, you know. I mean, if you were, I remember um, I saw Matt Mendenhall, and he was one of the biggest bodybuilders in the country. as He was like a top amateur, and he guest posed at the Illinois one year, and I handed out trophies, and I asked him what he weighed. Off season, he was 250. Oh. He was probably five. So, I mean, these guys weren't anywhere near 300 pounds, you know. Yeah. And it, even when they guest posed, most of them were, like, usually in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, they weren't too far off, you know, what they – I mean, you would never see – the first guy I ever saw who was absolutely insanely big was Dorian. And that was in 94. He guest posed at the Junior USA in Chicago. So, he had won the Olympia twice. And I had heard stories about this guy, like, being 300 pounds, you know. Yeah. And when I saw him, I it just – it almost didn't look like a human being. He was so big, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I remember like even his calves were so big and we were like, everybody in the audience was freaked out. I, cause right after he posed, we had an intermission and I talked to a bunch of people in the lobby and I go, what'd you think? And they go, man, he was so big. It was gross. It was like, he was too big, you know, yeah. like people were really blown away by how big he was. It wasn't like, I think that's where the sport started to change from being more aesthetic and beautiful to being just the mass monsters, you know. I remember, I can't remember who it was. Somebody on your podcast had said that. And they're like, bodybuilding ended yeah. at that point. Like, there, yeah. there's people out there who who really believed that still to this day that Dorian was too much, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like he led the way and then everybody followed. And then the judges rewarded that. And then I think that's where it all changed. But I think it was because of growth hormone. I don't think people mm -hmm. could get that big if they wanted to back then. Because the technology wasn't there, you know. Hmm. Wonder, I wonder what those same people would think if they were to see Ronnie and Jay and mm -hmm. Big Rami. I mean, imagine the look on someone's face back then if yeah. you were to see Big Rami. Like it, that, that would have been too fast of a transition. And I bet you that yeah. it would not be accepted. You know what I mean? The guy that was closest to that that I saw was Tim Belknap. I don't know if you ever heard of Tim Belknap. I remember the name. But, yeah. Yeah. Tim was a uh, five, four, about two fifteen, And he had legs like Tom Platts. 
Yeah. And he yeah. was so he was so big, it was absolutely freaky. It blew everybody's mind. Okay. Like nobody But Tim was a type one diabetic and he was taking insulin. So I don't think he was taking it, you know, to get big, but I think that's the effect it had on him, maybe. And because he was he was just a freak. Like nobody nobody looked like him at all. That's right. Yeah, he was the first like well known diabetic bodybuilder, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 And he was massive. What did you say his stats were again? I think he was like five four two fifteen. Five four two fifteen. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's so I saw him win the I saw him win the Mr. Illinois and then he won the Mr. Midwest. And, you know, this is, again, before the Internet. So the buzz went out and everybody was talking about this guy. And a few pictures got in the magazines and somebody took pictures of him and sent it to Joe Weider. And Joe Weider said, send him to California. I want to do a photo shoot with him, you know. And that was everybody with his dream was to get the phone call from Joe Weider to come out to California to do a photo shoot. And it happened to Tim. And then Tim did the uh, Mr. America that year and he went down to light heavyweight and he won. And I remember people were going to that contest because they were like, I want to see this freak, Tim Belknap. Like, he was a freak. He was, it was known throughout the country that this guy was just crazy looking, you know? No kidding. Huh. I wonder how that worked. I, the, the bodybuilders I've talked to um, that are insulin dependent, um, do you know a guy named uh, Brent Swanson? He's a, he recently yeah, turned pro. Yeah, big dude, huge Chicago. guy. Yeah, yeah. Chicago mm-hmm. area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it. I had asked him about dieting down and he said that in order to get incredibly lean, he needed to basically do like a low, low carb diet to the point where his body mm-hmm. didn't require insulin injection. So I, oh, okay. I, I could imagine that it'd be a tough balance, put it that way, you know? Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. And I will say looking at Tim there, um, that picture I just pulled up, I don't know where this was, but I mean, he's not incredibly separated here. You know what I mean? No, I think I think that was when he went out to California to do the photo shoot for Joe Weider. So it was probably right after he won the Mr. Midwest because that's okay. kind of how he looked at the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. Dang. Yeah, he looks he looks solid there. He's a big dude. I mean, now he looks like a you know like a two twelve bodybuilder, you know. But but yeah. back then he was a freak. I mean, I mean Franco the same year won the uh, Mr. Olympia one eighty five. No he kidding. Was the same height, and, and Tim was like two fifteen. So that just goes to show you how big he was. I don't know if this is, is this Tim here? This is just another random picture when I search his name. Yeah, that was when uh, he got a little bit leaner and he was competing in the Navi universe. Okay. Yeah, so he's pretty, he, he got pretty in pretty good shape there. It's funny, I have this video from the Navi universe. He did it in 1984, so that was a couple years later. Yeah. And it was the first time he did the Navi universe. And I've got this video of the prejudging and the short class comes out. And there had to be like 20, 25 people in it. So Tim was all the way on the end, and as they were bringing people out, he was kind of in the curtains. He couldn't, he, you couldn't see him yet. Yeah. So the camera's over here, and all of a sudden you hear the whole crowd go, "What?" Like everybody's going crazy, and the camera goes like this, and you see Belknap standing there, and everybody's just freaking out. He's just standing there, you know. That's how big he was. That's crazy compared to these little guys in the short class. He was just a monster, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> We were talking, it sounds like the list is pretty comprehensive then. So by the time that Surge came around, we had Trend, we had EQ, yeah. we had DECA, we had testosterone, but not a whole heck of a lot. We had Anivar, we had, 
we had, I think I mentioned Primo. <laughs> And then yeah. I'm sure that Winstrel was around there too. So yeah, Winstrel, Winstrel V they called it because that was another veterinary drug. So so I mean, really, we had everything back then. It's just a matter of probably dosing, com- combining yeah. drugs, not coming off, and and then the fact of uh, you know adding the peptides in there, insulin and growth hormone too. And, and yeah, boom, we got we got big Rami. What do you think about bodybuilding where it is today, John, compared to uh, you know, the, the, when you were when you were like awestruck by Dorian and, and probably mm-hmm. challenged in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Because that's what it comes down to. Yep. Like we're challenged when we see somebody that's like super huge and it, and it blows our minds. We're like part of us is and part of it's like, man, that's not even humanly possible. You know, and I can yeah. see why some people would be like, yeah, bodybuilding's dead. You know, how, how do you mm-hmm. feel seeing guys as big as Rami on stage today? Well, it's it's definitely a change from the sport I fell in love with. You know, the, the guys I grew up with admiring was Arnold, of course. And then, you know, you had Mike Menser, Robbie Robinson, Lou Ferrigno, Franco. So all those guys had a certain aesthetic appeal, you know, that because they were only so big, but they were always had the small waist. They were all good posers. They all came in really ripped for the shows. And you had, and that was an era where you had someone like Frank Zane who could be Mr. Olympia at 185, 190 pounds. Yeah. So it was a different world back then. It was a different era. And now they're so big that you really can't, it's almost impossible to go backwards. That's why they had to create, you know, a classic, obviously. Mm. You can't like, all of a sudden downsize these guys. But um, yeah, how do I feel about it? I mean, I kind of liked it better back then because it was more it was a more beautiful look. It was a, a better look. It was, I, I think back then it wasn't about being the biggest freak. It was more about developing the most, the most perfect body, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody, I think, because like I said, nobody could get that big if they wanted to, because the technology wasn't available. But I remember reading an article where even Arnold said he thought his best weight was like 235. Hmm. And he said he could probably get bigger than that. But if he did, then it would ruin the flow of his physique, his aesthetics. And I know Lee Labrada said that. Uh, Bob Paris said that. Uh, Frank Zane said that. So they all knew that you could only add so much mass to your body, to your body structure. Hmm. And then once you start exceeding that, you lose, you lose the aesthetic appeal of it. You know, sure. and that's if you look at some of those bodybuilders that look so good back in the day, like Samir Benut and Frank Zane and those guys, Lee Labrada, they they had beautiful bodies. They had plenty of muscle mass, but it was all put together in a total package where you had the aesthetics, you had the shape, you had the symmetry. And I think, like I said, they were limited in how much mass. I think every bodybuilder wants to get as big as they can get. Yeah. But I think when they got ready for shows, they had to look beautiful. They had to have the small waist. They had to pose good. They had to have that real good muscle separation and cuts. And I think – that's kind of lost now. Now it's just the biggest and the hardest, you know, let's just get the biggest and the hardest. But I noticed today, with, like with the Olympia this year, I noticed a lot of the guys like Nick Walker, even Rami, it seems like their waists are coming in smaller. They're not Agreed. blocky at all. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nick Walker's pitchers. I mean, man, that guy's, his waist is really getting small and he's, they're really, really freaky. Yeah. But it's still a freaky look because of the amount of muscle mass they're able to put on their bodies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I noted the same thing. I mean, I saw that recent picture Nick put up, it was like a mirror selfie 
and uh, yeah. it, it, it's looking ridiculous. So I'm excited to see how that translates on stage. I I guess yeah. I agree with what you're saying, and then at the same time, like with with what Arnold was saying, Arnold had such a beautiful physique. You know, it, yeah. it, it's like he could get away with that, whereas. You know, in the classic guys, the guys that are meant for classic, they can get away with that. Yeah. But then there's the rest of us, guys like me. I, you know, I didn't have the best shape. So it, the more mm-hmm. you can put on, the more you can almost fake that illusion. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. that element, yeah. too. The bigger you are, at least you, at least you've got that, I guess, you yeah. know, for, for people that weren't maybe meant to be beautiful. Like Brandon Curry, he's a great example of a yeah. guy who looks he's got a, you know, for today's look beautiful physique yeah. um and and i could see he I, could, I i think he is perfect uh you know like with with where he's been he doesn't need to put he doesn't need to chase rami to be his best you know hey guys i'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers i'm going to try to make this quick but keep in mind they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out if you guys want to support our programming of course you can do so through patreon and thank you to everybody who supports the show through patreon i will have links to that below as well as to all of our advertisers if you shop with our advertisers you'll get great products products that i stand behind and you'll also be supporting our programming First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, They constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high quality, well-priced on-cycle support stack. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We're talking about this because I just saw, I was going through YouTube the other day and I just saw this, uh, this YouTube channel by this comic, Tom Segura. I don't know if you Oh, I love Tom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's got his own, uh, own show and your mom's house podcast. Yeah. It's good. Okay. And he was interviewing a girl who was a stand up comic also. And they were just bullshitting about anything. And then she starts talking about the Terminator movies. She's like, I'm watching all the Terminator movies. And then she starts talking about Arnold when he first came over in the first Terminator and he's naked, you know. Yeah. And she goes, here's what she said. I'll never forget this. She goes, even though he was a bodybuilder, he was beautiful. Huh. So here's a girl that knows nothing about bodybuilding. But what she equates with bodybuilding now is that they're freaks. They're huge. Yeah. But she's looking at Arnold and she goes, he's a bodybuilder, but... He was beautiful. He had a, she goes, his body looked like a work of art. You know, she goes, when he was walking, it looked like sculpture. And I'm like, there you go. That's, that's what bodybuilding supposed to be. That's what it used to be. And now it's gotten so blown out that I think the average person looks at it as they're just freaks. They're huge. You know? Yeah. 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 It is like really difficult. I think for the average person to connect to any yeah. of that, but look at like the popularity of Bumstead now. Like he connects, yes. you know, he connects really well. He's got so many followers. Right. I'd, I'd say he's right. probably, would you say he's like the most popular person probably in our sport? Cause he has so much crossover yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And he's got more followers and 
you know, like when I was at the Olympia last year, I was interviewing him at the Meet the Olympians, and there was all these kids, like yeah. young teenage, just a crowd of them, you know, just watching them, you know. So he's he's got this big fan base of people who want to look like that, you know. Yeah. They think it's attainable, and that's kind of how it was when I started bodybuilding. Like when I started competing as 16 years old when I was a teenager, this was the early 1980s, and the teenage shows were absolutely packed. 35, 40, 50, 60 competitors in a teenage show. Dang. It was a crazy. And it was like that every single contest. Yeah. But I was thinking, why is that? Why was it so popular then? And is it not popular now? Because then, if you look at it, Pumping Iron came out in 1977. Yeah. So I'm sure all these kids that I was competing with, we all saw Pumping Iron and we were all inspired to look like Arnold, you know, or we were reading the magazines back then and yeah. we wanted to look like them guys so that's what got us all interested in it that's why there was so many teenagers that were interested in bodybuilding back then yeah and i think bumps he's probably bringing that same kind of interest out with these teenagers today you know it's all young kids that want to look like chris Bumstead. yeah i bet you're right man i i i and you know what too they they see that as attainable you know what i mean they see chris yeah. and they're like oh yeah i could i could grow that amount of muscle yeah I, and I'm sure, you know, as an online coach, you probably hear it too. A lot of the the younger people I work with, they don't want to look like Rami. They don't want to look like the, I won't just pick Rami right. out. I'll say they don't want to look like the open guys, Nick or any of those guys. You know, they're like, yeah, I don't, don't want to go to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we, when I was young, we all wanted to look like Arnold, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you were to pick. None of us, none of us really right. could look like Arnold, but we wanted to. We thought we thought we could. You know, that's what got us interested. That's what kept us motivated. You know. So if you could pick, I'm not going to nail you down to your favorite bodybuilder ever because I feel like that would just be cruel, John. Uh, if you were to pick your top three favorite bodybuilders ever, uh, who would they be and why? Uh, Arnold for sure. Um, Let's see. You don't have to say why with Arnold. That's okay. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Favorite bodybuilders ever. God, that's a... For a guy like John, he's got this Rolodex with literally every <laughs> single bodybuilder that ever existed in his head. The question I just asked him, yeah. you guys can see, this could melt him down. The processors, the, all the processors yeah. are working right now. <laughs> I, I would say Lee Haney. Lee, Lee Haney was another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Maybe. Well, hold on. While you maybe. think about that one for a minute, let me ask you about Lee okay. for a minute. Lee was incredible, yeah. man. He's one of my favorites too. And he yeah. was my version of your Arnold. When I was a kid, uh, you know, yeah. I saw pumping iron and stuff, but then my dad's friends had told me, Oh no, the guy on this magazine cover, this is Lee Haney. He beats everybody. Yeah. This is the guy now. Yeah. And so to me, that was, that was my version of Arnold. So I have a personal place in my heart for him. And he had an incredible physique too, you know, just, yeah. well, just his back, everything about him. Uh, what would you yeah. say? What do you like about Lee that what, what makes him stand out to you? Yeah, he had the mass. He, he was, he was like you said, he was that generation's version of Arnold because he, he was like Arnold. He was like 240 pounds. He's a little bit shorter than Arnold. He was five eleven. Arnold was six one and he had the small waist, he had the great upper body, so he had that great V taper, and it was just very aesthetically pleasing, but he was big, you know, and he was ripped, and his posing was fantastic. Every year, if you ever watch his posing routine from the 84 Olympia, it yeah. told a story. You know, it was the music from Excalibur, 
And I interviewed Lee and he said he used that music because when he saw the movie and the movie Excalibur, when the king, I guess, gets the sword out of the stone, he drives, he, he rides his horse through the country. Everything comes to life. And it was the sign that here's a new king. Hmm. And so that's what he used with that music was a new king is coming and I'm the new king, you know. And I thought that was fantastic that he did that. And he, if you remember his routine that year, he did two songs and then he stopped his routine. And he, he went down and he did a, like a lunging pose with his arms out and he held it for like a minute. And everybody thought the routine was over and they started applauding. And then he came out and he started posing to Excalibur. <laughs> so I, was like, I mean, that was so great. It was so inventive. Like how many people do that today? How many people choose music that is going to give a message or tell a story? Yeah. And I think that's one where bodybuilding is really lacking is hmm. the posing. And this is the part where they can be creative. They can show their physique. They can show their strengths. They can be beautiful. It can be a beautiful thing. And that's what it's supposed to be. And I think a lot of them are skipping over that part and they're not doing their not because it's not being judged. But that doesn't mean you can't put effort into it because yeah. you're conveying what your physique is to the audience, you know, yeah. and you're I mean, you, you could really create your own legacy with your posing if you put enough into it, you know, and they're not. Hmm. I've seen that, man. There are guys out there that maybe weren't even the best bodybuilders, but they were such good posers that not only yeah. were they more successful on stage, but that's what re you really remember them for. People you might not have remembered otherwise, you know? Right, right. Well, look at now on YouTube, you're looking at videos of Lee Labrada from 30 years ago. You're looking at videos of Mohammed Makawi from 40 years ago. You know, yeah. these guys are still being remembered all these years later because they had these great posing routines. And yeah. if you come out and do some bullshit posing routine and rap music that nobody cares about, you know, it's going to be forgotten five minutes after the contest. No one's even going to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I gave you some time to think. We need one more and you don't have to commit as in like this is a final thing and and this is what we're going to put on your your gravestone you know you you can take it back later if you want but we need one more your favorite of all time just for fun sergio sergio oliva oh yeah sergio okay that yeah. that's an easy that's an easy answer for sure what yeah. what about sergio what stands out to you oh sergio is unbelievable i got i was lucky enough to get to see him in person um, I saw him guest pose. I never saw him compete, but I saw him guest pose. And he used to come to the contest in Chicago and he was a character, man. He was, you know, Cuban. So he had this like, like high waisted pants with the boots. And then he had the shirt, the short sleeve shirt, and he would have to cut the sleeve to fit his arm in there, you know? Yeah. And then he had gold on, you know, gold bracelets. He had this big gold medallion, shaved head earrings you know he was just a character but his physique was incredible because he had that tiny waist it was like a 27 inch waist and he had these 22 inch arms and this was before gh before synthol before insulin I mean, this was real muscle you know and he had the huge chest huge back he had huge forearms huge legs for especially back in the 60s he had these massive thighs but he just unfortunately uh couldn't come in really good condition a lot but if you look at pictures of him from the late 60s, early 70s, he was just unbelievable, amazing, amazing yeah. body. Even today, I'll see pictures of Sergio today in, in 2022, and I'm just blown away. I'm just, wow, this guy's physique was incredible. Like when you saw him, you almost couldn't believe what you were seeing. And I've talked really? to many other people. Like Boyer Co. competed with him in the 1966 Junior America, 
And he said uh, they had to wait back in those days. They had to wait for the weightlifting to be over with first before the bodybuilders went on. Yeah. So sometimes the bodybuilders wouldn't go on till midnight. You know, you were sitting there all day waiting for the bodybuilding. So they were just him and Sergio and a bunch of guys were just joking around and stuff. And they had somebody had a tape measure and they measured Sergio's waist at 28 inches and his thighs were 29 inches. Okay. One of his legs was bigger than his waist. Yeah, yeah, I could believe that just thinking of his pictures, man. That is, that's incredible. Yeah. Was that you that told the story about? Uh, I I remember hearing some story about Sergio pulling up in a in a car. Was that was yeah. that you? Could you yeah, could you yeah. remind me of what that story was? Yeah, that was the 1980 uh, Central USA contest in Chicago, and I was competing in the teenage. And uh, the place was completely packed. It was in August. It was in the summertime and it was just totally sold out. So Sergio had this tricked out El Dorado Cadillac and he, you know, the parking lot was full. So he just pulls up on the lawn in front of the school. <laughs> <laughs> and when he came in, um, I remember I was on stage because I was off in the wings waiting to pose. I think the short class was up first. And I was, I was looking out and then Sergio came in through the door and the whole audience turned around and saw him and they started clapping. And they, it's like, you know, the king was here and he just walked down the aisle and he walked all the way down up to the stage and he came in, he walked up the stairs and he came through the, you know, to the backstage area, you know, the poor guy out there posing, nobody was even looking at him because yeah. everybody was looking at him as he walked in, you know. So you were just getting ready to pose then? You were like the next guy up, are yeah, you saying? Yeah, I was waiting for the, for the short class to end, yeah. And okay. then Sergio came up. But hell of I was a like, story, I've never, man. I've never seen anybody get that kind of treatment. Never. You know, yeah. maybe Arnold would have done that, but I, I can't imagine anybody today walking in and the whole audience stops, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool, man. Well, listen, I could yeah. I could hang out with you here and talk about this stuff forever. This is like a, <laughs> a really cool trip down memory lane and in some cases to a point that I didn't even have memories because I wasn't around yet. But I feel yeah. like I was, yeah. man. You know, I feel like I follow bodybuilding <laughs> enough that like you're reminding yeah. me of yeah. places that I've been that I haven't been. But man, this is cool. Yeah. So uh, one last question, predictions for the Olympia. Okay. Um, I think Big Rami's going to win. Yeah. I think Javi's going to move up to second. Okay. Um, I think Nick Walker's going to move up to third. I could see that happening. I see Nick moving yeah. up. I think Brandon's going to drop down to fourth. Ooh. Okay. And I think Derek Lunsford's going to be fifth. So Derek is kind of like the wild card. You know? Yeah. We, we haven't yeah. seen him up there. We just recorded It's Just Bodybuilding the other day. We talked about all the guys in the lineup. Like we forgot to even mention him. That's how. That's how much of a sleeper. You know, so it's deep. It's crazy. This year is going to be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like over 30 guys. I'm excited to see the way Lungsford fits in with everybody, man. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of muscle on him. Yeah, and he's got great shape because he's got that small waist. He's got the great V taper. Yeah, and I think uh, if he comes in condition like he did last year when he was in 212. Um, which I think Connie will dial him in again. I think he's just going to kill people from the back with those shredded glutes and that thick back. And that V taper is just unbelievable. I and mean, he seems like he's getting better every week. Yeah. So that's my, uh, my, that's my wild prediction. My thought on him last year was that he could have been better, bigger, that he didn't have enough, that he wasn't yeah. able to fill out completely yet. He was still able to yeah. be fantastic. So being able to see him more filled out, that'll be, 
you know, at his oh, yeah. best without those limitations. That'll be cool to see. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. But, uh, but you got a lot of great guys. You got Andrew Jack going in it. Um, you got Hunter Labrada. You got William Bonac. I mean, I didn't even include those guys in the yeah. top five. So Ian, he's right up there too. Yeah, he ends up there. Yeah. It'll be good, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Well, listen, John, I appreciate you hanging out here and sharing your stories. And uh, yeah, Scott, it's great I'll, to see you again, man. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, you know, we'll look forward to. Well, we'll have to catch up after the Olympia and, uh, and see if your predictions came true. All right, <laughs> remember, write them down. <laughs> what uh, if people want to reach out to you? Where's the best place they can go? Uh, they can go to my website, John Hanson Fitness, if they're looking for any kind of, uh, you know, um, counseling or, uh, or coaching. Um, and my website, my other website is uh, Natural, I'm sorry, uh, Bodybuilding Legends Show. That's my uh, podcast. Yes. And then I'm on uh, Spotify and Apple, of course. And um, my YouTube channel is under my name, John Hanson. So I put all my uh, interviews on there as well. So. Cool. I'll be sure to link all that stuff in the description on our okay. YouTube and in the description on our yeah. iTunes and all that. Um, and I'll have okay. like a direct link. So people should be able to just like click on your name and go check all out right. bodybuilding legends and see what you're doing. But watch this interview first, guys. Yeah. yeah well, I just interviewed Rick Wayne, which was the guy I've been trying to get for like three years. You remember no Rick kidding. Wayne? I, why? Rick why Wayne was, uh, yeah, I know the name. Writer. Yeah, he was a writer for Muscle Builder Magazine and Flex Magazine. And he was a great bodybuilder himself before he did that, um, before he got into the writing. He knew Arnold when Arnold was 19. No so kidding. he had a lot of stories going back, you know, from when Arnold was young and when he got to meet Arnold as a youngster in, in London at the Nava Universe and, you know, a lot of Joe Weider stories. So it was, uh, we talked for three hours. So it's a three part interview. So nice. So check that, out. That, was a, that was a great interview I did. Well, I'm sure if people enjoyed hearing what you had to share here today, they're going to absolutely love that. So if you guys yeah. haven't heard of it before, go check out Bodybuilding Legends. But with that yeah, said, thanks, John Hansen, I'm Scott McNally, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. We'll see you soon. 